the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Right, so come with me to the book of Proverbs 31, verse 10 to 31. Proverbs 10, verse 10 to 31. And as I teach on it, there are some of these virtues that you may have as a lady. And we men too, we need them. Yeah, because when a woman has these virtues, she becomes a priceless asset. There are many men who also lack some of these virtues. So I was talking about the fact that these attributes are attributes that some of you may have. And some of them, you don't have them. But I want you to understand that God would want you to develop them. Somebody say, God will want me to develop them. And manifest them. Yeah, and if you are a married woman here, these things must matter to you a great deal. If you are a woman who also would aspire to marry someday, you must also hear these things very well. If you will be a woman who will matter to eternity... You two must hear these things and hear them very well. You see, there are women, they matter and they matter only here. There are women, they matter and they matter in their matrimonial homes. There are women, their lives don't matter the moment they die from this physical body. But there are women whose names are speaking in the corridors of eternity till tomorrow. There's a woman who came to pour alabaster box at the feet of Jesus. We don't know her name. She's simply called the woman who poured alabaster box on the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says, eternally, wherever the gospel is preached, her name is heard. One woman made a lot of difference. We are not told how many children she had. We are not told where she went to school. We are not told who was her husband. But we are told what she did for Christ. I told you that ultimately what you do for God is what matters in the long term. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. What you do in the name of Christ for God, for his church, for his people, that's what matters. It's not the houses you build. It's not the cars you drive. It's not the places you travel to. It's not the people you know. It's not the degrees you acquire. Ultimately, what makes you relevant to heaven is your impact to the church and the church of God, the cause of Christ. That's it. That's it. You were saved at no cost to you. And you are supposed to serve God at the highest cost to yourself or to, at every cost to yourself. Note that for me. You were saved at no cost to you, but you must serve God at whatever the price, at any cost for Christ. You were saved at no cost, and you must decide that you will serve God no matter the cost. You were saved at no cost. You were saved at no cost, and you must serve God no matter the cost. Somebody say, I will save at no cost. And I must serve God no matter the cost. Yeah. You have to understand that. You are saved at no cost. By grace, we are saved. All right, let's look at uh, Proverbs 31. And 
What I'm planning of doing is that I will not be teaching this thing because obviously it's not a, it's not a major uh, project for now. It's just to honor mommy today. And the Spirit of God just brought it for that purpose. But whatever time it will take annually, every Mother's Day, that's what we will teach. We'll be sharing these 31 things and you will have to keep on educating yourself, reminding yourself. And if you're a man, you must know them. So when you see a woman who has them, or can potentially manifest them, you can identify with her. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife? For her price is far above rubies. Somebody say her price. Her price. Say her price. her price. Oh, he said, for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. May God give you a woman who will do you good. I said, may God give you a woman who will do you good. You see, when you are a pastor and you lead people and you get to identify, pastors and lawyers usually get to hear a lot about what goes into marriages. The lawyers usually, they hear it when the marriage is on the rocks. But pastors usually walk through the process with the people. And having pastored this church for close to 15 years, right? I have seen all sorts. Being on radio, people call and they come with all kinds of matters. And uh, uh, the bottom line is that when these things I'm talking about, when they are not there, those problems will keep on recurring. Yeah, they will keep on recurring. I remember there was an incident where I was trying to help a couple. And right in my face, the woman picked something and almost smashed it to her husband's face. Right in my presence. Right in my presence. Sometimes when some marriages break, people just talk by heart. That's why the Bible says when a brother is overtaken with a fault, those who are spiritual, be careful. Don't be stupid. When somebody is going through a challenge, don't be stupid with your comments. Don't speak about matters you don't understand. The Bible says she does him good all the days of her life. It's possible for your wife to do you good all the days of your life. There's a woman who can do a man good all the days of his life. And I pray that God will give you that gift. Because the Bible said the virtual woman is a gift from God. And when God gives you a gift, that gift will not hurt you. That gift comes to bless your life. She sees wool and flowers and willingly works with her hands. He said she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Verse 14. She also rises up while it is yet night and provides food for her house and her portion for her maid servants. Did you see that? She provides food for her house and a portion for her maid servants. She's not waiting to be served by her maid servants. She serves her maid servants. Madams in our day, they sit down, cross their legs, paint their nails, and they are waiting to be served. And they don't even have the courtesy to say thank you to those who are offering the service. The Bible says in verse 16, Kalisha, she considers her field and buys it from her prophets. She plants a vineyard. Verse 17. She gets herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She's a strategic planner. She stretches out her hands to the staff and her hand holds the spindle. Verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. That is a liberal soul. Liberal soul. What betides you if your wife is the type who will fight any member of your family from coming? You know, the economy is that now our budget is small. This food is not even enough for us. This, how can we hope that some women, they simply are not willing to receive people? I remember in recent times, there was an issue I was dealing with some time, but the woman is just so hostile. 
she's well, so antisocial. She can't just flow with anybody around. The people in the house, everyone. What kind of cantangro spirit is that? That's not godliness. That's not Christianity. That's not. It's too cantankerous. Some, some people are just too cantankerous to be called Christians. Though they all start with C. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. Reading it, more are coming. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the... Her husband is known in the... Her husband is not hiding in the corner somewhere. Her husband is a celebrity. When you meet a godly woman, she makes a celebrity out of a man. That's what she does. She's not competing with her husband. She's not trying to prove a point to her husband. No. There are some women, when the husband does this, she does that. She wants to really let the husband know that she too, she did. You get degree, I get. I mean, that's not your power, woman. That's not it. You can go to any height you want to get to. But it is not for competition. A woman was made like the Holy Ghost. He was made to help. The woman's unique role is likened to that of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was called a helper. So if you are a wife or you are a woman and you are a wife for that matter, your role is just so precious. Can you imagine having the same role as that of the Holy Spirit? You are a helper. What could be more valuable and honorable than what you are looking for? Her husband is known in the gate when he sits among the elders of a land. Verse 24. She makes fine garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor. Somebody say strength and honor. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. Very kind and sensitive. She watches over her ways, the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The various roles women play is such that if you are lazy, you can be a godly woman. The various roles, you are a mother, you work, you have children. You, the needs they meet are too many. And if you are slothful, you cannot meet all of those needs. It's tough to be a woman. That's why women must be celebrated. You are not saying an amen. amen. Yeah. She watches over her house. Go to verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you will sell them all. Somebody say you will sell them all. Okay, we are talking about standards here. The godly woman has standards. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But the woman who does what? Fears the Lord. She shall be praised. She shall be praised. She shall be Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gate. Spirit of God, thank you that I have help in the Holy Ghost to communicate the word of life with simplicity, understanding, and clarity. Thank you, Lord, that every life here is challenged and changed by the power of the anointed word. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. amen. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her prize is far above rubies. In other words, she is priceless. Somebody says she's priceless. Listen, a godly woman is priceless. So if you're a woman, you want to make yourself a godly woman. A godly woman is priceless. It's not about bottom extension and breast extensions. No. You have to become a godly woman. Having artificial hips will not make you above all. No. 
It doesn't add value to you. It adds value to you for carnal men. But men of destiny are not looking at those hips. That's not what they are looking at. A godly woman from the scriptures, we see them that they come in different shapes and forms. Somebody say different shapes and forms. Oh, godly women come in different shapes and forms. A godly woman may be single. Somebody say single. Okay, a godly woman may be single. A godly woman may be married. A godly woman may be a widow. A godly woman may even be divorced. You know, some godly women can end up being divorced. Yes. Ah, I'm surprised. It shouldn't be. Because there are people who divorce before they go to know the Lord. And there are people who also, after fighting them for the marriage up to a certain point, they are not able to continue again. And then they give up. It doesn't take their godliness away. They are so godly. And some of them sometimes can live a life of meaningful impact than those who are even married. Alright, so the Bible gives us all of these possibilities. Because if you walk through scripture, there are many examples of godly women in scripture from the old to the new. And all of these came in different shapes and forms. Some were single, some were married, some had children, some did not have children. And yet they made impact of amazing, uncommon impact. Okay, so in this uh, session, we are looking at 31 uh, marks of a godly woman, but I'm sharing with you seven of them. The first one that I want you to take note, seven great marks of a godly woman. Number one, a godly woman is saved. Somebody say a godly woman is saved. A godly woman is saved. saved. Young man, if you are looking for a woman to marry, make sure that they have confessed Christ as their Lord and Savior and they are saved. Ask your neighbor, are you saved? You You have to be saved. I pity men who go along checking people out and they have not verified and authenticated their salvation. I cannot propose love to a a young lady who is not born again. No, 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 no. It's an anathema. It's a wrong move. No matter what they have. Maybe the president of Donald Trump. Who cares? No, no, no. That's not what we are looking for here. We are looking for a woman who is a child of God. Because, you see, when you marry a woman who is a child of the devil, Satan becomes your automatic father-in-law. And she will trouble you very well. She will trouble you very well. That's why the Bible said, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you are in this church, you want to marry a man, make sure that he is born again. And most of the time, when people don't want us to know where the source of their men, they go and carry some from outside. The ones that we all know are born again, and we are still working on them. With the word of God, they don't like them. They just go and carry somebody strange, and they bring the person. I mean, if I'm a member of a church like this, there's no way I'll look for a girl outside, a lady outside. No, 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 no. I will not. I will not. Because I don't know what they are teaching her there, but I know what I'm getting here. And if what I'm getting makes me this valuable as a husband, when my wife gets it, we are on the same page. And the home will be sweeter and sweeter. Am I communicating here? That's it. You are going to get married and your church people cannot be part of it. Your pastor who has nurtured you cannot be there. Yeah, listen. You see, it's not every Christian we we even marry. I'm not talking about marriage today. But it's not every Christian we even marry. There are some Christians that are not worth marrying them. Because when you marry them, they will kill your vision for Christ. Everything about you, they would want to destroy it. I know of a young man who got married to this woman, and this woman wanted her to become his obsession. Not Christ anymore. I fear a woman like that. And the woman who would want to make, I want to be the, the prince of your life. Hey, you see, there are some things we say for women to feel cool, but it's not, it's not, God gets angry. 
We say for women to feel cool, but God gets angry. You are the love of my life. Yeah, I know you, you, know, you mean well. You want to show you are committed to her. But listen. <laughs> Don't get God angry with some of those things. Any day, any time, a person who is saved and poor is a better option than a person who is not saved and rich. Did you hear what I said? Anyone who is poor, broke, down and out, if he's born again filled with the Holy Ghost, he's a greater asset to you than anybody. Listen, it becomes easier to accept when your values are okay. I started talking to you from January about values and I've not been able to teach on it. When I had to choose this woman, in fact, Apostle Mark was the one who told me about her. And the things she told me about her before I saw her were all spiritual. That's why I took her to Padua and proposed to her in Padua. Listen, you don't propose love to a canal woman in Padua. You do that at uh, Tulip. That's why they, they want Chinese food and listen. Oh, rubbish. Chinese food. I said, I'm not fool. No, 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 Anyway, listen, it's not bad to do that. It's not bad to do that. But listen, if you want to take her out to Tulip, don't go and propose there. Because if you don't take her, Wakuma Betty by the time you're finished. You see, it's fine. She's a sister. You can take her out and eat. But don't take her to a place like that and propose. You go spread her and then you propose. And she says no. That day. <laughs> that day. <laughs> you can't sleep. Oh. After all that expenditure, maybe if it's today, things may be slightly different, but not too much. Uh, knowing myself very well. But the truth of the matter is that you have to be spiritual. Yeah. You have to be. That's why it's You have to be saved proper. Saved. Saved. Somebody say saved. saved. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Titus 2 11. He said, The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Now, listen, the grace has appeared unto all men, but not all men have responded to the grace. The person who responds to the grace of God becomes saved. So the grace is available. Not many have responded to the grace. So the Bible said, By grace you are saved through faith. Faith is your response to God's gift to you. By grace, you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift must be received. Through faith, we receive. We receive God's gift of salvation through that. So you have to respond to the grace of God. And when you meet a woman who has responded to the grace of God, she's very gracious. Very, very gracious. You want to know a person is born again and has received forgiveness of sin? Check her. When you offend her, see how she relates with you. A woman who is struggling to forgive either has not received the forgiveness of Christ or don't understand what happened when she received the forgiveness of Christ. That's why when you meet two people who are genuinely saved, it is very, very difficult for them to go apart unless it's on the lines of divine purpose. Because, they, I mean, you live, you live basically, it is actually uh, dangerous to receive grace and not be gracious. When you remember the person was forgiven a few, he went back, he said, listen, you had more debt. You were forgiven. Somebody had later debt and he, you could not forgive him. That's why Jesus reversed the punishment. He said, listen, <laughs> you, <laughs> we must deal with you heavy because what you, you were dealing with was bigger than this and you were forgiven. So you should have been able to easily forgive. 
Why can't you forgive? If you understood that you were bound for hell, you were an outcast, you were not a people of mercy, and God has shown you mercy, you have to be merciful. Listen, we are not merciful to obtain mercy. We are merciful because we have received mercy. Do you understand what I'm saying? The teachings of Jesus has to be taught in the light of the New Testament. Before he went to the cross, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. But after the cross, we have received mercy. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he said, having therefore received mercy. We have received, we are people who have received mercy. So, you can receive mercy. It's not like, you, if you are doing it to get, then you may have a point. But you have already been gifted with mercy. So, what the hell? That you cannot give mercy to people which you have. That is, you are holding, you are overholding mercy. You have been given it. You have it in abundance to supply to those who need it. That's why you are wicked. If you are not merciful, Titus, 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 Titus. It all begins with salvation. Somebody say salvation. salvation. Listen, any woman can be a good wife if she gets born again. If she gets what? Yeah, that's the first step. Any woman can potentially be a good one. I know that people have a lot of some weird, stupid ideas. There's only one woman in the will of God for your life. If you miss her, you have missed it. All of those things. There's no Bible that supports that kind of thing. Funny, funny things. So there are people who are living with wives. They've stayed with them for six years, seven years. And because of this uh, seed that has been planted in their heart for years, they think that, oh, my wife is wrong. Now, that thinking will not let you have a better relationship. Because you think that you married the wrong person. So it can take you 10 years and you are still in the same mess. But even, I tell people sometimes, even if she's the wrong person and she's willing to work with the word of God, things can be better. God is able to make all things work together for our good. Am I communicating somebody at all? That's how it works. It doesn't mean that don't pray and be settled and be at peace in your heart when you're making a choice of a spouse. So we are looking at salvation. Somebody say salvation. The Samaritan woman, you think she'll be a good woman or not a good woman? Great woman. She had a messy life. But when she met Christ, all of that became the past. Look at the adulterous woman. When Jesus gave her the gift of go and sin no more, how could she go and continue her sin? At a point where she was almost dying, they were about to stone her. She met Jesus when she was about to take her last breath. And Jesus gave her a much longer breath. You think such a person will go and live in sin? No, that's the beauty of the grace of God. When the grace of God is extended, that's why it's not possible to continue in sin when grace has abounded to you. No. No. Grace drives you. Grace teaches you. It makes you want to give up everything just to honor God. That's why the Bible says in Titus chapter 2 verse 11, he said the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. And verse 12, he said that same grace teaching us that denying ungodliness. So grace teaches. Grace does not just save. Grace teaches. It teaches you the better way to live. When we understand the grace of God, really, we don't live messy lives. We live better lives. Somebody say an amen. amen. Yeah. Alright, so that woman went down, saved, and then we met the other woman. Let's look at the second uh, uh, key thing. I'm talking about seven great marks. Somebody say seven great marks. Seven great marks. Seven great marks. Seven of what? A godly woman. Those of you who are not married, this is a very important thing for you. If you are married and you are not demonstrating this, work on yourself. Or maybe you may see that you are strong in some areas, you are done. By the time we are through, you see that you don't have all of it. Nobody has all of it. Because you have to constantly depend on the grace of God to be able to live it out. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not meant for you to feel bad about yourself, but it's meant for you to challenge yourself and see the standard that God has set in his word for you. Most people read Proverbs 31 and they get discouraged. They feel that, no, it's too high a standard for anybody to meet. But listen, when you get born again, there is no standard of purity. There is no standard of living that is too high for you to You actually live above the ordinary. That's why the born again Christian, God didn't give him laws because he lives above laws. The Bible says, against such, there is no law. When you begin to manifest the fruit of the spirit, there is no law. You live above laws. Are you with me? When you are patient, you won't break the law of traffic. When you are a patient person. But when you drive with crazy speed every now and then, you'll be breaking it. So you live above laws. Somebody say you live above laws. Number two, a godly woman is spirit filled. Is what? Is what? Please say it. He is what? Spirit filled. May I ask you something? Gentlemen, the young lady you want to marry, is she spirit-filled? Does she speak in tongues? That's what I mean. Does she speak in tongues? Is she spirit-filled? One of the things that attracted me to mommy, she was spirit-filled. She could pray. What? Now, it's like her prayer is subdued now. Those, ha, ha, ha. Hey! She will, she will be praying like a man. What will it take? First year, she used to pray. I mean, I've met men who are like, oh, I don't want a, a woman who is so spiritus. You are a carnal man. You are a carnal man. You are a very carnal man. Very carnal man. If you meet those who are her mates, I mean, then I was in final year, I was just about going, and I saw this first from one girl. <laughs> who seemed to be, I mean, and it was consistent with what Pastor Michael told me. But, Pastor Mike had given me good witness about her. In fact, when she was coming, he said, Oba, Yeah, because I was the president of CCF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fringe benefit. Yeah. But obviously, I didn't get there because I was president. In fact, that one was even a more uh, of a resistance. So, a godly woman is spirit filled. Is what? Spirit-filled. Listen, young lady learned to speak in tongues. This man that you are with him, he himself doesn't speak in tongues. And when you are speaking in tongues, he's uncomfortable. He's a wrong man for you. 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 Uh, today, it looks like, oh, pastor, you don't know. I call my family. Listen. And yet, now some in America, any 10 years from now, in America, be there. On my own But Papa, when you saw one, why a mistake. He's a wrong man for you. He's not spiritual and he doesn't. You see, if you're a wise man and you are not even able to exercise yourself spiritually, at least it is wise that you get somebody who is spiritual. Spiritual. Marry a woman who is spiritual. Don't marry a kind of woman. Listen, if a woman is not spiritual, eh? And let me tell you, if a woman wants to disturb you, your life will be a mess. The Bible says she does him good all the day. She does not do him evil. So every woman has the potential of doing you evil or good. Who influences the good you enjoy is the Holy Ghost at work in her. When she prays in the spirit and prays her emotions, negative emotions away, she will only be responding to you in obedience to the word of God. She will not allow her moods to be controlling the house and making the house so difficult a place for anybody, so sensitive, so touchy. You know, when people are not spiritual, they are just too carnal in the flesh. Sensitive. You say something, a joke, and she picks it up. Ah, 
so suspicious, can't trust, can't receive instruction, nothing. Ooh. May the Lord help men who have women like that. Amen. Yeah, because listen, life by itself is hard, but life with a, a, a difficult woman is hard. Now you will die before your time. That shall not be your testimony. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Get a woman who is spiritual. She can wake up at night and pray. Libro not a woman who will follow you to a royal park and eat and eat and eat and that's all. He said, the day of our birth, let's fast. Oh, friend, now, where is me, Kagari? Listen, when you're serious, you have gotten a wrong woman. Oh, honey, watch On the day, we are supposed to fast. On the day. I mean, I've pastored people for long. I've seen those whose wives are spiritual. The men sometimes are not, maybe by reason of their engagement, that's not an excuse not to be spiritual. Every man ought to be spiritual. Yeah. But when the women step in, and they step in well with a positive attitude, they make a lot of difference. They make a lot. Of, there are women in the church whose husbands have become committed to church through them. Some of them are seven big time. Active. Spirit-filled. Somebody's a spirit-filled. The Bible said, do not be drunk with wine wearing the excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. It's not enough to be saved. All of these old things are passed away. How come your old things are still with you? They are never passing away. Your old anger is there. Your old bitterness is there. Your old unforgiveness is there. Why? Because the agency through which the old things will really be removed from your life, that agent has not been embraced and engaged. The Holy Ghost, the fruit of a spirit, but you have not engaged him. You don't pray in the spirit. You don't have time to fellowship with him. You don't know him. How can you grow in the fruit of a spirit? Speaking in tongues, you build up your spirit. If you don't build up your spirit, eh? build up your spirit. The home is not driven by emotions. So woman and wife, don't control your home with your emotions. You get angry and uh, you are moody. Children are not happy. Wife is not happy. Husband is not happy. The dogs in the house are not happy. Everybody in the house is not happy. Why? Why? And that's what makes you comfortable. Listen, you are under demonic oppression. That's what you are experiencing. You know, there are some women, their altitude, their temperature controls the temperature of everybody. And when their temperature is 45 and you are in the zone and you don't allow yourself to come to that zone, you become their enemy. What kind of life is that? Listen, there is one atmosphere that must form the home of the spirit-filled believer. And that is joy, peace, fruitfulness, faithfulness, gentleness. That is the atmosphere. And every man will thrive in that atmosphere. Everyone will do well in that atmosphere. Somebody say be spirit-filled. You can't be in church like this and you don't speak in tongues and you are okay. You think it's, uh, you are okay. No, you are not okay. Yeah, I am telling you, as a senior pastor of this church, you are not okay here. If you don't speak in tongues and it does not become a necessity for you, something is fundamentally wrong because your spiritual progress will be impeded. It's not like you are not a candidate for heaven. As for heaven, you are saved. But your spiritual progress and effectiveness will be impeded. It will be impeded. A godly woman bears the fruit of a spirit, is led by the spirit, is influenced and controlled by the word of God. Number three, a godly woman is spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. spiritual. Or say it spiritual. spiritual. Okay. Okay, so for those of us who are saved, you are either spiritual or carnal. You are saved to be spiritual, not carnal. 
But when you refuse to engage the word of God, engage prayer and all the spiritual things you need to grow healthy in a healthy way, you will end up becoming carnal. Somebody say carnal. So when we look at a carnal Christian, he's not different from a spiritual baby. They are, they are all together. It doesn't mean they are not saved. But they are carnal. In other words, they are controlled by their fleshly and natural impulses. They respond more to their feelings, their thinking, than their spirit. That's what happens. A carnal person does not respond to the issues of life with their spirit. When an instruction is given, their first response is from their head, not from their spirit. Their first response is with their emotions, their physical bodies. That's how they operate. The Bible says, a woman who fears God. Somebody say, fears God. Now, there are many Christians. Some of them are saved, but they don't fear God. What we are talking about is reverence. If you meet a woman who can really open her mouth to any degree and insult her husband, I can do this. <laughs> that woman doesn't fear God. I'm telling you. Those of you who are here, you saw what I did. I said, that person, he doesn't fear God. That woman does not fear God. Can this the man? And listen, even if you do it in response to your husband insulting you, it's a mark that your fear of God is down. Yeah, it's a mark that your fear of God is now. Because the bottom line of a relationship between a husband and a wife is that of respect. And it is not subject to condition. You don't respect your husband because he's rich or he has, he's intelligent. No, you respect your husband because God has ordained her to be your head. And so when you disrespect the man, you are simply saying God is stupid for making him your head. So your insolence and disrespect to your man is direct insolence to God. And if you like, you can go and read Numbers. When the children of Israel became rebellious and insolent to Moses, God took it as his responsibility and responded. And it wasn't good. And I pray that the mercy of God will have that response from you. Somebody say an amen. Amen. A godly woman is spiritual. She's not carnal. She's what? She's spiritual. She's spiritual. A godly woman demonstrated spirituality by godly character. Look at it. Look at First Peter 3, verse 1 to 6. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. How will you accept it? By being spiritual. By being what? Spiritual. Do you know how a spiritual person behaves? A spiritual person says, I don't like the way I'm feeling about this matter. But because the word of God says it, I'm going by it. That's a spiritual person. That's a spiritual person. <laughs> That's a spiritual person. I don't like what my husband is saying. But because he's my head and the word of God demands so, I'm complying. That's a spiritual person. Women, when we talk about submission, eh, submission is not I agree with my husband. When you agree with your husband, there's no submission. When your opinion is on the table, there's no submission. True submission in any case, whether it's in leadership or is at home or in any setting, True submission is tested when a decree, a law is made and you are not happy with it. That's what proves that you are submitted. It's not when you agree. When you agree, I mean, when I give a comfortable instruction, let's come to service at 8 o'clock and you come at 8 o'clock. That's not. But when I say, be here at 7 and by 7 you are here, that is a mark of submission. In fact, when you are coming, you are not comfortable. Waking up at 7 was difficult. But you woke up and you fulfilled that anyway. That is a mark of submission. You see, you can't talk about submission when your will has not come in conflict with what the instruction has been given. 
When your will comes into total conflict, absolute conflict, direct conflict and opposition with the instruction given, then submission is required. So when Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done, he was submitting to the Father's will. I tell you, most homes are in trouble because the will of the woman must prevail. Until the point, the man will literally have to give up and let her have a way. That's not godliness. That's not. Now, if you read Peter, eh? Peter is very, very serious. He says, then if some refuse, look at this. He said, I said the authority of your husband. Then if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly life, somebody say your godly lives, will speak to them without any words. Women have the power to speak with their lives. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Okay? Don't be concerned. If there's a woman by you, tell her, don't be concerned about this. And tell her again, pastor is not saying that, make your face raw all the time. (laughs) Yeah, because when we finish our new auditorium and we go there, when you are coming, we inspect and see whether you have made that very well. You have to make up. Turn to your neighbor and say, make up. But he says, don't be concerned about it. You know, the concern is when you are planning your saloon on Friday, but you are not planning your being in church early on Sunday. You plan what time you are going to be in the saloon, how long. You are concerned about that. But when it comes to your Bible study, he's not planned like that. Don't be concerned about outward beauty or fanciful hairstyle. Expensive jewelry. Whoa. Beautiful clothes. <laughs> you should. Somebody say you should. You should be clothed yourselves with, instead with beauty that comes from within. Now listen, no matter how a woman is dressed up on the outside, if the inside stinks, eh? Outside, no cry, I more. I'm telling you. Most what dress is shem. Your perfume is like from here to a uh, bequire runabout. We can smell you from afar. But your character. When you bon, am I communicating here? Pastor, I No. It's just for today. You should clothe yourself with beauty, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Somebody say precious to God. Now he tells you, tells you, go back to the Old Testament and learn. You gracious women who think that you are under grace, so no law is required and you can just talk to your husband anyhow. Are we not all the same? In Christ Jesus, there is no Greek nor Jew, there is no male or female. We are all the same. You are talking like one of the foolish women as Job told the wife. Wise women, they learn. You see, whatever is written in the Old Testament is our example in the New and we apply them when the context it works. The Bible said, whatever was written at four times, you remember the overcoming giants? They were written for examples and for instruction. So there are instructions we ought to follow. And the Bible said, one of the instructions we should follow is that uh, we should see how the holy women of old made themselves what? Beautiful. The young ladies who are here, there is a way to make yourself beautiful. Every young woman who is single, stand on your feet. Every young woman who is a crutches, stand on your feet. If you are watching online, you are a young woman. Stand on your feet unless you are driving. Now, listen. Let me talk to you. <laughs> now, if you are not married and you want to sit, you may never be married. <laughs> let me talk to you. Listen. 
He said, this is how the holy women made themselves beautiful. Let me show you. This is how you make yourself what? This is how you make yourself. This is the Bible way of making yourself beautiful. How? Put your trust in God. You make yourself beautiful. Put your trust. That's where it starts from. Put your trust in God. Why can't you trust your husband? Because you don't trust God. You don't trust that God can keep your husband for you. You don't trust that the spirit of God at work in your husband will keep her from messing up. That's why you are so suspicious because your trust in your husband is not in God. Put your trust in God. And then he said, when that happens, listen, you will accept the authority of your husband. When people have their place, their wife puts their trust in God, it's easy for her to accept the authority of her husband because she knows that even if her husband makes a mistake, God will turn things around in her favor. The Bible said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make the end good. That's what Peter is talking about here. Put your trust in God. This is how you make yourself beautiful. Build your faith. That's what he's saying. Build your faith. Build your faith because when you marry, there are many faith challenges you will come face to face with. And if you don't have faith, you'll be crying every day. You'll be crying every day. Be crying every day. That's not what marriage is about. You have to stand. If your husband is down, you are also down. Everybody is down. And nobody will ever go up. Build yourself. Then go to verse 6. He says, For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called her master. Say master. You see, your ability to say sir as a woman makes you beautiful. Your husband calls you yes sir. My Lord. You see, that's not how we function. He says, and call them master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands may do. Do you know that this is one of the major causes of trouble in the home? The wife knows that this is the right thing to do. I should not insult my husband. But she's afraid. If I don't insult him, I'll bet him as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's it. Because of that, they will not. Yeah, that's, that's how a carnal woman talks. But a spiritual woman knows that my trust is in God. And God will eventually step in for me. Now go to verse 7. Look at this. I'm showing you how to be beautiful. How to be what? Beautiful. Yeah. In the same way, husbands, this, we are not on husbands today. Let's move on. <laughs> Take your seat. Take your seat. A spiritual woman, if you meet her, you will see that she loves God. If you meet a spiritual woman, you will see that she trusts God. If you meet a spiritual woman, you will see that she accepts the authority of her husband. She's not rebellious. Somebody says she's not rebellious. She obeys her husband and serves her husband. Number four. I said I'm giving you seven, right? I'll close in the next few minutes. Number four, a godly woman serves God. He serves what? He serves who? He serves God. He serves God. Again, there are some women that I can never marry. A woman who is passive, inactive, and is not committed and active in serving God. No. No. Because she may not be able to serve in the home. Charity begins at home, in the house of God. So if you can't serve God, forget it. 
Serve God. Serve God. Serve God. I've told you some of them were widows, others were married. But these threats are common threats that run through all of them. They serve God. They serve what? They serve God. And I told you from the beginning, you were saved at no cost and you must serve God at every cost. Somebody say, I will save at no cost. I must serve God at every cost. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 38. He said, then there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanua, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Can you imagine this? Modern day Christians, eh? They will say, this woman, she's cursed. Ah, you, you kill your husband after seven years of marriage and you never marry again because she was living for a greater purpose. Listen, when a woman has not found purpose, marriage is her ultimate. <laughs> when a woman has not found purpose, marriage is her ultimate. The reason why you are obsessed with getting married and without marriage, it's like your life is not moving on because if I don't marry, then something will happen. It's because you are living for nothing. If you are living for something, you will not be thinking like that. When a woman is without purpose, marriage is her ultimate. This woman was about 84 years. She lived with her husband for that. But serve God with what? Fastings and prayers night and... Hey, talk to me. Night and... Day. Night and... Day. She was not on phone passing unnecessary comments and uh, whatsapping her people at 12 midnight gossips. No. When it's 12 midnight, she checked her clock. And she's on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Night and day. That's how she was living her life. Night and she served God. She said, listen, singles, let me tell you. The best use of your single state is to serve God. I have seen people who, when they get married, and it's sad when a woman gets married, and the marriage now becomes an impediment to serving God. I tell people all the time, listen, if you are serving God and you're married and you, you stop serving God, you are backslided. Your backsliding has started. Women without children can go all out for God. The moment children come in, they don't have time to serve God again. It's my children. And they call it my ministry. Listen, there is no ministry of children in heaven. You are ignorant. There's no ministry like children's ministry in heaven. There's no, there's no ministry like that. Nobody will be rewarded for nursing children. No. What of those who didn't have children? What would they uh, uh, be rewarded for? What you do, that's what... And, and you see, the sad thing usually is a lack of spirituality and carnality that really feeds into that. Because all the while that they are occupied with their children, they go to work after their leave period is over. They go to work. They do all the things they are supposed to do. At work. But when it comes to kingdom, you see, you are carnal, you are not spiritual, you don't have eternal perspectives in view. You don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. Listen, Peter said, as long as I remain in the flesh, I will keep on reminding you of this truth. It's your choice to either work with it or not to work with it. But I've seen people who in the midst of nursing children are making conscious effort to still serve. So across all the churches, those of you who are here and those of you, if you are using your children as an excuse, I come to you, I beseech you to repent today. Because you are, in a great, are committing a great mistake. You don't know, you have not seen women who spend all their time with their children and their children still rose up and grew up to become vagabonds. You've not seen one, eh? I need to have time for my children. If I don't give them time, they will go up, they will mess up. Listen, train up the child the way he should go. It is God who keeps him on that path. 
It's God who keeps him on that path. So if you, you make it your business, you're upset. I tell people, because I'm in a position of leadership and I'm a pastor, I check people all the time. I check that out. And sometimes I see why certain things sometimes don't happen in the way some people expect it. Because without even that thing, their attention is really not on God. They are doing all they are doing so that God will come through for them in that dimension. And when he's done, they just go. Whatever gift God gives you should never take his place. Did you hear me? Whatever gift God gives you should not take. God gave you a gift of a husband. He should not take his place. He should not take his place of service. He should not take his place of dedication. He gave you the gift of a child. He should not take his place. Am I communicating somebody here? Let us continue. Eh? A godly woman is supportive. Somebody say supportive. supportive. Somebody say he's supportive. He's supportive. A godly woman is what? Supportive. A godly woman is supportive. She supports her husband in her assignment. She supports her husband. Supports her husband. A godly woman supports and stands with her husband. There are some women who literally make it their business to frustrate their husbands. When he knows the man is praying, she will come up with a certain argument and spoil the mood for the man. You see? (laughs) Yeah. Just spoil the mood for the man. And when the man is that deviant and is that strong-hearted and can continue with what he's doing, oh, Jadia, why you know? Fisher, you meet you, you meet Jeffy. As if you stand with your husband, stand with your husband, support him. Don't be a cantankerous woman. The Bible says her husband is known in the gates. Listen, the interesting thing is that that text, that chapter, is not about the husband, but that is singled out. Her husband is known in the gates. She's talking about a virtuous woman. He said, one of the things you see about a virtuous woman is that her husband is known. Her husband is known. If they are in ministry, the husband is known to be active. I mean, pastors who are not very active, I blame their husband to some degree, their wives to some degree. I blame because my activeness is because she gives me that support. In the same way, pastors around me anywhere, who are not focused and are not active, their wives are usually the problem. Yeah, you are not saying amen because I'm coming from a leader because that's what it is. If you see anyone who is doing, any man who is doing anything meaningful anywhere, their wives give them a lot of support. Their wives give them a lot of support and on this note, this woman has been very supportive. Very supportive. Very supportive. Yeah. Very supportive. The crazy sacrifices she releases me and she allows us to do, many women will not allow it. They can actually leave me because of that. Many women will leave me because of that. You are married a man, you be with him all this while, and what do you have? You say nothing. <laughs> How many women will do that? The only thing you can hold on to, he says, uh, the Spirit of God says we should let it go. And she will sit back, she will even say a word. And you let it go. As if she's moving. No, it's not. Listen. Now, if I had my way, she would be celebrated every day. If I had my way. But, you know, she's not the type. Even this one. She's been fighting, opposing it. Listen, she, she's not the type at all. She's not the type. She's, and unfortunately, people who are supportive like this, they are also the type who, doesn't, who don't want. And those who frustrate, they are also the people who are always showing their face in pictures. They want to be seen. The ones who are frustrating, when it's short time, they want show. Show. 
Show. Show. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, Show. Show. <laughs> Listen, every woman in the life of your husband, you are either helping or you are hurting. You are not neutral. So if you see that what you are doing is not advancing him, then let me tell you, he may not tell you, I'm telling you, it's pushing him down because life is said that you are either going up or you are coming down. There's no stationary position. If you are not going up, you are coming down. Down and down and down and down and down. That shall not be your testimony. I said that shall not be your testimony. Listen, women, you may not even be married. Be a supporter. Be what? Be a great supporter. Support people. That's what one get. You know why Jesus was able to do what he did? Women stood to support him. Women. Women. I mean, I was listening to one man from one of those denominations, and he was seriously speaking against women in ministry. I said, this guy is not correct. He doesn't know the Bible. And he was advancing all of those foolish arguments. Women must not uh, speak in the church. They must learn from their husband. And had picked Joyce Meyer. And she was using her video and saying, oh, people like this are... I said, hey, this guy. This guy. Doesn't know the Bible. Doesn't know the Bible. Take Mary Magdalene out. Take Joanna and them out. Jesus' ministry would not have been carried by these 12 guys who had nothing to give. They were just following. They had nothing to give. Nothing to give. Pastor Ray, it's not a joke. The women brought the money. Those guys were had nothing to give. They were just eating and eating. When Jesus said, I am going away, do you know why they were sad? They were sad because market day was going to be over. For them. Market day was going to be over. But these women so loved the Lord. They so loved him, even in his grave, they still love his body. His dead, stinking body, they loved it. They loved. They loved. They loved. They loved the Lord. You are saying there should be bad benches? No. You are ignorant. You are ignorant. Ministry is not built with massive strength. It's built with spiritual strength. That's what it's built with. That's what it's built. So, this ministry is a women's ministry big time. We ordain pastors, we ordain deacons. I mean, I'm going to do more of that. More of that in the years coming. In the years coming, in my lifetime, I will see women pastoring a church of 5,000, a church of 2,000, a church of 3,000. Women pastors will be raised. They will be raised in this new phase of the work that I'm doing. I'm not in a hurry. I am a very patient person when it comes to working with God. I'm not in a hurry at all. If I was so much in a hurry, I would have run away from the city. I'm not in a hurry. I'm sticking and staying with God until his purposes for my life in this city and for this ministry is accomplished. And it has a long-term planning project. May I ask a woman today who are married, what great thing have you helped your spouse to achieve? What great thing have you helped your spouse to achieve? Wouldn't it don't jump? There be a toe mummy, toe mummy, toe mummy, mummy show it, shiny, shiny. Listen, that's all. Um, papa, we are open. Um, she we are open. Open. Listen, ah, a woman's life does not consist in the abundance of things she possesses. A tuto eni ni na all this makeup, who blue, who green. Ni ni na, how do you when him saw a sign when him said that yeah? When him said that yeah, that yeah. And yeah, Fabia, be on account. 
Listen. Un se se unimsa ho fa ho. O se ntuma gogura wo je hodi. Unimsa. And let, let me tell you, this is why it is it's in the mind. 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 That's where it is. It's in the mind. My wealth is not in what I drive, where I live. No. My wealth is in me. It's in me. It's in me. So you can take anything away from me. It does not affect my self-worth and value. No, because it's not in any of those things. I will be the pastor with the swag. I will still be the pastor with the swag. Now, you want to identify with me because your pastor is wearing chalewate. And the way I wear it with dignity and with decorum and honor, you will love it. You will love it. Support your husband. Stand with him. You married the man, he was very spiritual. Now, he has become so carnal. The man who was on fire doing evangelism, now, because what it is now, the Holy Ghost is not enough to fill him up. It's a bubra. And this is your handiwork. And you are proud as a wife. No. You should be crying. You should be weeping. You should be asking God for mercy. What have you helped your husband to achieve? All the money that has come. Have you bought a land? Have you built a house? And the piano is shamed. Number six. Number six. A godly woman is smart. Somebody say she's smart. She's smart. Say she's smart. A godly woman is smart. She is not uh, daft. She's smart. You know, Proverbs in particular identifies only two kinds of women, generally. The foolish woman and the wise woman. That's it. It's the stupid woman and the smart woman. That's all. In the book of Proverbs, that's what you see. Principally, he describes them in different ways. When you see the description of Proverbs chapter 5, about the adulterous woman, chapter 6, about the adulterous woman, chapter 7, about, he's simply talking about a foolish woman. And in Proverbs 31, he spends time talking about the godly woman. So you are either on this side, you are either a smart woman or you are a stupid woman. In ELC, around the world, may we be wise women. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, he said the wise woman builds her house. Builds what? House. Builds what? House. So if you are not building your house, but everything, open. Sometimes it's sad. When you meet a couple, you are counseling them, you can see that this woman, the way she's consistently acting. And some of them can even tell you, Hey! Meanwhile, before the wedding, you were sharing invitations. It's my day. It's going to be awesome. And then sometimes, nowadays, a lot of wasteful, stupid expenditures, brother shower, and all of those things. That's what they do. They have not had the shower in the wet, but they are doing bridal shower. <laughs> when you actually need the wet shower on your mind, your stupid thinking mindset, that can frustrate the home. You have not renewed your mind with the word of God, and you are going for bridal shower. Woman, wise up. Go for spiritual shower, wet shower. Am I communicating here? You need wet shower. Wet shower. 
People sit before us, you are talking, and there is no word. You all can and some are all can in accusation of the many kunina. Hey, feelings, feelings. And he's not, he doesn't understand my feelings. Hey. And to who are serious? Who are serious? When you go to work, your boss doesn't understand your feelings, but you flow. You flow. Let's be real, eh? Christianity is very practical. It's not all of those uh, things. Very practical. You don't want to understand the word. You want me to understand your feelings. You are a kind of woman. Let's understand the word. The word will wash away our feelings. We all feel some way sometimes. But we don't act on it because of the word. Stop controlling your husband with your feelings. Let him be controlled by the Holy Ghost. Let him be controlled by the word of God. It's no excuse for men not to be sensitive to the needs of their spouses. That's not what I'm saying. But some women have made it their business to manipulate their spouses with their feelings. They manipulate them. They manipulate them. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 verse 13, A foolish woman is glamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. Knows what? Nothing. Knows nothing. One counseling session I had about five years ago, what pains me most, when I finished the counseling, I did it for about one hour, and I've stopped that kind of counseling. In the counseling, that goes beyond 30 minutes. It's a waste of time. I know it will not go anywhere. What I will say, it will not go into, so I won't waste my time. From the first one minute to 30 minutes, if it is going well, I will know. If it won't end well by 29 minutes, I will just start praying and we will be closing the thing. Because if you are in this church, Ankasa, if you have stayed here for about five years or more, what kind of counseling do you, must I give you? The weather has been taught, the podcast that is there, if you soak it up, you won't need any counseling. And your home will be the sweetest of homes. She knows nothing. That's what the Bible says. She is simple and knows nothing. I said, what pained me in the counseling was that, Pastor by the time we finished the counseling, all the things I said were all the things the husband has been telling the wife as long as they have been married. All the things I said. The husband broke down and was in tears. He said, Pastor, I mean, I mean, I mean, so they're all kind in our main country. It wasn't yes. Because women, let me tell you something. If you are going to marry and marry well, don't see your husband as just your lover. See him as your teacher. Because that's who he is. Your husband is your teacher. In fact, the scripture they use the most to uh, say women should be silent is taken out of context. But he was actually establishing the fact that husbands teach their spouses. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34 to 35. Quickly, give me that. You know, these services don't come uh, many times. So just give me a few minutes. Let me finish. I hope you agree with me here. Yeah, these services, don't, they don't come. You have been here for how long now? Have you seen this kind of service before? No. Mommy's birthday service. Not once in this, uh, this. People bless her on her birthdays, but to do a service like that, no. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. This is what some people use, and they say women should not speak. But the context of this was prophecy, and it's different. Some other time when I'm doing a, a proper exposition on it, I'll teach it. They are to be submissive, as the law also says, verse 35. And if they want to learn something, they want to learn what? Something. If they want to learn what? Say it. If they want to learn, let them ask where their husbands at home. For it's shameful for women to speak in the church. So a woman who knows nothing learns nothing from the husband. If you meet a woman who knows nothing, and that's what the Bible says. He said the foolish woman is simple and knows nothing. 
She knows nothing because she learns nothing from the husband. Husband tells her this and, you know, people we see as our classmates are teaching us. We have a certain attitude. But when you have a teacher teaching you, it's different. The lecturer, even in the university or the polytechnic training college, when a teaching assistant comes to do over what a lecturer does, sometimes some of you can be a bit stubborn. But when the lecturer himself is there, the outlook he will give you alone, you will sit up. Now, don't just see your husband as your husband and lover. He's your teacher. The first teacher in the life of Eve was Adam. Be smart. Somebody say be smart. smart. If you meet a godly woman, she's smart. Smart with values. Her values are smart values. Martha had smart values. Mary had smart values. Martha was encumbered with many things. Jesus said, but one thing is needful. When you meet a, a smart woman, a godly woman, she's smart. She knows what is needful and what is not necessary. She knows gossip is not necessary. She knows that that is not a priority. She dresses smart. She's not revealing anything because she's not suffering from inferiority complex. When a woman reveals something, she has an inferiority complex. That is so strong that she thinks it can never be overcome until her body goes. When you have inferiority complex, you always do things that will catch people's attention. You want the attention to be on you all the time. All the time. They take a camera and if you super nice, it will be here. But when your self-esteem is intact, <laughs> there are a lot of t- there are people who buy cars because of self-esteem. They build houses because of their self-esteem. They wear a certain shoes because of self-esteem. It's a whole thing altogether. Whole thing altogether. But one thing is needed. Smart goals. Somebody say smart goals. Smart goals. Yeah. The Bible said her, her clothing is learning. Didn't you see that? She's smart. She's smart with her words. She doesn't speak by heart. Gracious. Speaks wisdom. She speaks weightier matters. The Bible says she opens her mouth with wisdom. Not foolishness. Kasana ukunakume to say ah. Ah! Oba. No. It's not correct. Is that my last point? This is seven. My final point. Is a godly woman is submissive. It's submissive. So, how many? We have, if it's 31, we have how many more outstanding? 23 outstanding. They will come to you in the years ahead. Submission. Somebody say submission. submission. I'm not going to waste much time here because I did this earlier on. I told you how submission is done. I told you where submission is necessary. When you say, I submit to my husband, it means he said, let's go to, let's say, Golden Bean. And you want Golden Tulip. All right? She says, let's go to Golden Bean. And you say, you want Golden Tulip. Then he says, let's go to Golden Bean. And then you follow him, jump, 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 with a good attitude. That's submission. All right? What's up, come? So, I'm your wife for today. <laughs> for today. <laughs> just, no, not today. Just this few minutes now. <laughs> so, as a wife, this is where I want us to go. He's my husband. This is where he wants us to go. All right? So he says, we should go this way. Oga, lead me this way. Yes. Be going. (laughs) See the way I'm smiling? Yes. I'm walking with my husband. I'm happy. Yeah. This is submission. And let me tell you, other times, we still submit. There are times we are going. Let's go. 
still submission. What I'm telling you is that there are times you are submitting excitedly. There are times you are submitting painfully. It's still submission. When you genuinely submit to a man, you go through these two experiences. There are times you do it happily. You think when Jesus was going on the cross, not my will, he was happy. He wept. He prayed until his sweat was like blood. He wasn't happy. But it was about the Father's will. He submitted himself to his Father's will. So at the pain, at the agony of his soul, he submitted. At the agony of his soul. You think you only submit when you are happy? No, 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 no. Submission is not an easy thing. Have you been blessed this morning? Are you sure you've been blessed? All right. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarters church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.